1: The weird thing about punk rock is if you grow up in punk rock, right, then you uh, eventually turn your back on punk rock, too. You know, I can't unthink about the millions of dollars that Rage Against the Machine has earned fighting capitalism. I can't unthink about Fat Mike complaining that political scientists in some Arkansas inbred get the same one vote. I can't unthink about my childhood heroes who got famous off of telling me to think for myself. And then once they got famous and got some money, they turned around and told me who to vote for. But yeah, punk rock made me, but I don't really claim it anymore.
2: How's it going, everybody? How you doing out there? It's time for another brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America, and I was trying to not do podcasts for a little while. I was going to take a break, enjoy my summer, kick back, not think about all this doom and gloom bullshit all the time. Um, part of me, it's like the more you learn, the more you, you, you keep having this feeling of doom and, and fear. And I don't really hate anybody, but, uh, I feel like there's a certain group of people in this world that are going to come after me soon. And they're going to come after you, me, all of us really, really soon. It seems and the reason why I feel that way is because, like I said, I was minding my own business, taking a break from doing shows, doing some promoting, making some audiograms and videos and cool shit. And I was going to go swim soon, <laughs> you know, go find a beach somewhere, kick back, drink some beers, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. And then I saw this. There's a young woman from the Netherlands. Her name is Eva Vlardingerbrook. And she reported on Young Americans for or I'm sorry, Young Americans Against Socialism on Instagram. John Forbes Carey declares war on US. Farmers, government farm confiscations are not off the table. People, I'm getting ready to play a clip from a few different shows. Lots of people are talking about this, lots of people are connecting the dots. And well, I've I, let me, I was just gonna run my final thought by it, but let me get to it, okay? Let me. Let me, let me get this off the ground. They're coming for your farmers next, America, says young Eva Vlardingerbrook. Uh, I told you the Netherlands is just the pilot country. The pilot program, right? The war on farming is global because the agenda behind it Is global. So people. Do you know. Or have you heard. What's going on in the Netherlands right now. The Dutch people. Are basically getting bought out. Or thrown out. Thrown off of their land. Because of agenda. 2030. Or 2050. Or whatever bullshit protocol. They're. They're rolling out right now. John Kerry's at the World Economic Forum. He's sitting next to Bill Gates, literally on this panel. You mean to tell me this isn't a coordinated effort to throw us off of more uh, private ownership of land? Trying to take Bill Gates buying up all the farms, right? We've been over that a million times. Now it's rolling out. And this post says, help spread the truth behind the nitrogen nitrogen emission restrictions and climate regulations by sharing this post. So I highly recommend y'all go to Young Americans Against Socialism, Y-A-A-S underscore America on Instagram and read it for yourself. Um, I'm going to play a clip from a news show with Eva talking about this. Here we go.
0: Find out farmers' businesses at between 100 and 120% of their appraised value. This plan was approved on Tuesday by the European Union as part of a plan to cut nitrogen emissions by half by 2030.
2: Okay. So that was uh, the sidekick female on the Clayton Morris show talking about that. Very interesting stuff. And here, take a listen to this
3: following an agenda called the 2030 Agenda. These are, these are restrictions and, and climate regulations that are, that are imposed all over the world. So we're being hit hardest right now and we might be the first ones, but it's very important for other people to know that they could be coming to you next. And what do you think Americans can take away from what's happening in the Netherlands? Well, I, from a Dutch perspective, I would say that Americans should be very happy that they have a second amendment and that you should protect that with all your, all your strengths. Eva Vlardingerbrook, thank you so much. Thank you.
2: So did you hear that, my fellow Americans? Did you hear Eva Vlardingerbrook talk about the Dutch nitrogen policy? Is it a communist, fascist, globalist policy? Uh, Yes. And what did she say, people? She said, I think that Americans should be glad that they still have the Second Amendment. Now, with that being said, let me ask you something. Do you think that there may be a governmental, possibly globalist, agenda to disarm you, me, all of us, the American people? And If so, what things have you been hearing about and seeing on TV, on the news, in society, in the world around you, that is pointing towards and pushing towards red flag laws, uh, background checks, all this stuff, right? And I get the argument. I get the argument. But what do the freedom, love, and liberty, love, and Americans always say. The point is, is that the Second Amendment is in place because very intelligent people decided that if the government ever became tyrannical and turned against its citizens, they would have the right to bear arms so that they could defend themselves. And do you think that the government that you and I are living under right now here in these United States isn't corrupt, isn't lying to you every single minute of every single day, sweeping shit under the rug, compromising voices, pundits on TV, politicians, diplomats, business, big business people. It's a corporatocracy. It's a plutocracy. It's an oligarchy. It's a country run by a small group of very wealthy people. It is the new bourgeoisie, you communist idiots. What you preach that you want, the system of government for us all over the world to live under, is about to come into fruition before your very eyes. And the question I want to ask you, when it all goes down, when it happens, when the world changes to the dystopian hellscape that I have been talking about on this podcast since episode one, when it finally occurs in reality, What are you going to say to yourself? Are you going to believe that socialist communist utopia has now arrived in the world? And the world is going to be made into a better place with more freedom, more prosperity, more personal autonomy, more options, more choices? Or are you going to be a lemming, a robot, a mindless automaton, a mouse living in a mouse utopia of sorts? Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage, Freemason Billy Corgan once wrote in a song, right? That's what I feel like. I feel like it's already too late. And the whole AI thing, people that I've been talking about, listen to this shit. I just found a clip the other day of Larry Fink from BlackRock, right? Saying this, listen to this fucking guy. I mean, here we go.
4: Have to change and this is one thing we're gonna we're asking companies uh, you have to force behaviors and what at Blackrock we are forcing behaviors what well behaviors are gonna to have to change and what? this is one thing we're gonna we're asking companies uh, you have to force behaviors what at Blackrock we are forcing
2: behaviors. what are you doing you hear that people you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors, quote unquote, Larry Fink, owner of the Asset and Liability uh, Debt Derivatives Investment Network. A.K.A. also known as Aladdin. And Aladdin is taking over the world. A robot hatched from the brain of Larry Fink back in the early 2000s. He's been working on it for a long time. And now it's taken over the... I mean, it performed... This robot, I said it, in the... Last episode, or I played a clip in the last episode, thousands, maybe even millions of trades on the stock market every day, faster and better and smarter than any human being or group of human beings could ever possibly do ever, okay? That's the power of AI. That's why all these people are so afraid of the coming AI future. Elon Musk, it has the propensity to do a lot of good, But it also has the propensity or possibility to do a lot of bad. And the bad stuff's already starting to happen, people. Uh, Let's go hit a commercial. And when I come back, I got some more fun stuff I want to play for you. Other podcasters talking about Bill Gates and this whole buying the farmland situation that we find ourselves in, my fellow Americans. I told you we've been telling you people about this shit. Tick tock. It's coming. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. So I want you to take a listen to the gentleman on this podcast talking about Bill Gates. Here we go. Bill Gates buying up all
5: of the farmland. Yeah, that's control of food. Not only control control of food, it's deeper. These ninjas, white ninjas, have come up with a technology that is... I think they call it RNA-resistant crop, not GMO no more. GMO, it don't grow again. You feel me? You grow one time, it decimates the soil, it's dead. GMO was cancer for the the, soil. Mm -hmm. This RNA-resistant crop, you are able to engineer the seed to search and destroy a certain type of genetic composition. They can make a seed That will target black people So when you ingest the fruit and vegetable It automatically goes to attack on your immune system Damn! Imagine putting the AIDS virus in your food Mm -hmm. The reason Bill Gates is buying up all the farmland Allegedly Is so that he can grow All this RNA resistant food So now your fruits and vegetables Become the thing that's killing you Yes Damn Bill Gates has purchased over 200,000 acres of land because they are now mixing these poisonous materials from these needles in with food to make an edible injection. Oh, I really I don't it. like the fact that this is.
2: Okay, so that's from the Round Our Way podcast. And I forget the gentleman's name, Doctor uh, Doctor Umar and S.B. His uh, co-host, sidekick guy, and I think there's another guy called Corey on the show. Talking about the same stuff, people. And let's just leave that story right there. The whole Bill Gates farmland thing. I've been over it. Let's move on. Got some other stuff I want to share with you. Uh, Take a listen to this conspiracy theory about Kobe Bryant. I know it's kind of a weird uh, left turn I just took, but check this out
6: the conspiracy that big pharma took out kobe ryan whoa no i have not that's crazy so he was in a legal battle with this company that was using the black mamba name to sell these energy supplements apparently not only was he suing them because they were using the black mamba name right but also because they were lacing these energy supplements with opioids whoa but it was like to get people more addicted to yeah, them so that they yeah keep yeah buying them that's crazy. He's was in a venture capitalist partnership with yeah. someone uh-huh. named Jeff Stiebel, and there's this weird conspiracy that he might be linked to it in some way because Jeff Stiebel was invested in lo- those three separate companies that Kobe Bryant was suing. Wow. And, and the thing is, his court date was three days before he died. So so they may have been like, look, he can't show up to that. Something that really pushes this for me is the thought of, you ever, heard anything about this, right? No. But if Kobe Bryant went and testified, right. and he had been talking about then it, then we would have heard about it. A lot more people would have heard yeah, about he's this. he's one of the biggest athletes of this generation.
2: All right, now that's pretty crazy. I don't know about that. Mm, that's going to take some research to dig into. But um, can you imagine if that's true? Big Pharma will not be denied. The lobbyists have won. (laughs) The voice of the people is not heard. You are the unheard. You are the not given a fuck about. You are slaves. And that's just the way it is. And that's okay. But the first step to solving any problem is recognizing that there is one. And if I've said it once, I've said it a million times, my fellow Americans, there's a fucking problem. <laughs> a big, big problem. And if we don't get deep spiritual Finding ourselves, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to preach at you. You know what you got to do. Go do it, people. Tick tock. Take a listen to this clip.
7: But The, the more I explored it, I realized that, um, that historically, this, uh, this, uh, the movement toward androgyny occurs in late phases of culture. Okay? As, a, as a, a civilization is starting to uh, unravel. Okay, and that and you can find it again and again and again through history in the in, in the in the Greek art. Okay, you can you can see it happening. All of a sudden, okay, there's a, there's a kind of uh, you know the, the the sculptures of of um, of handsome nude young men athletes that used to be very robust. Okay, in the archaic period, suddenly begin to seem like wet noodles. Okay, toward the end. Okay, and, the, uh, and that and that the people who 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 live in such periods, a late phase of culture. Whether it's it's the Hellenistic era, whether it's the Roman Empire, whether it's it's uh, the mauve decade of Oscar Wilde in the 1890s, whether it's in Weimar Germany, people who live in such times, okay, feel that um, they're very sophisticated, they're very cosmopolitan, okay. And homosexuality, heterosexuality, so what? Anything goes, and so on. All right. And so, and but but we, from the perspective of of historical distance, okay, you can see that it's a culture that no longer believes in itself, okay. And then and, and then what you what you invariably get are, are you know are are, are people people who are convinced of the power of heroic masculinity. Okay. On the edges, whether they're the Vandals and the Huns, okay. Or whether, or whether they're the barbarians of ISIS. Okay. You see them, you know, starting to mass on the outsides of the culture. And that's what we have right now.
2: Okay. So that was from Greek Orthodox Christian TV shared by truth bomb mom on Instagram. Androgyny is a sign of societal collapse, and there is historical evidence that proves this. So, my fellow Americans, there's a good chance we may be in the midst of, in the middle of, a societal collapse. And if they're going to start kicking farmers off their farmland and the government is going to come in... And take your land. And become the overall land owner. All of the land. All. Total. Global. World. Then, (laughs) we're in trouble, people. We're in big, big trouble. And they have the help of AI supercomputers like Aladdin that will one day, if it keeps operating at present productivity level, and it'll probably get even more productive as it learns and grows, it's starting to buy up single uh, family uh, houses. There's a reason why cities are are building light rails and trolley systems and then building all these high-rise condos right next to them because they're expecting a, a flood of people from home-owning, farm-owning, rural communities to have to move to the cities, the 15-minute cities where they're going to have to find work in order to sustain themselves because they no longer can live the human way, the correct way, And live off the land, homestead, raise your own crops and your own livestock, find a way to find clean water sources, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera, right? You got to teach your kids the realities of this world. You can't expect government-run indoctrination centers to do it for you, people. These truths keep coming up again and again and again. On my podcast, on many podcasts out there, and frankly, in reality, in society, in the world, that you and I live in together every day, the reason why these truisms continue to come back is because they're true. And the truth doesn't need to be defended, because the truth defends itself. And that's how the truth defends itself, is it keeps coming back again and again and again constantly reminding you of the sad reality whether you want to accept it or not i don't know what we're gonna do about this shit, people it's getting a little nuts out there and this clip god damn it this clip does not make the situation any easier to stomach. Take a listen to this guy. And I'll tell you who he is after the clip. Here we go.
8: Now, here's where I start to get really freaking nervous. This is from the, the Bongino CEO, show. Sam Altman of OpenAI up on
2: Capitol Sam Hill. Altman, open AI, and he's AI. like, yeah,
8: you know, AI could be really good. It's going to cost people jobs. We'll figure out other things to do, which I agree with, by the way. Everybody, forget about the jobs. We'll fig- we always figure out other things to do. Don't worry about that. I'll get to that in a second. But listen to how he leaves this. This is the CEO of the company. Well, could be really bad too in the end. Really? Check this out.
1: We have tried to be very clear about the magnitude of the risks here. Um, I, I think jobs and employment and what we're all gonna do with our time really matters. I agree that when we get to very powerful systems, the landscape will change. I think I'm just more optimistic that we are incredibly creative and we find new things to do with better tools and that will keep happening. Um, My worst fears are that we cause significant, we, the field, the technology, the industry, cause significant harm to the world. Yeah, no Uh, shit. I think that could happen in a lot of different ways. It's why we started the company. Um, It's a big part of why I'm here today uh, and why we've been here in the past and been able to spend some time with you. I think if this technology goes wrong, it can go quite wrong. Oh, fuck uh, this guy. And Jesus. we want to be vocal about that. We want to work with the government <laughs> to prevent that from happening. But we, we try to be very clear-eyed about what the downside case is and the work that we have to do to mitigate that.
8: Listen, let me just say first, I respect the guy for going up on the hill and being honest. However, I want you to just analogize this to, I mean, literally any other product. Listen to this take. Imagine going and buying, like, a new phone, right? You go to get a new phone. I got my phone right here. And you go, hey, is this a good phone? Terrific phone. It's really fantastic. However, when it's not fantastic, it could probably kill you. You'd be like, what the? I don't want that phone. Maybe hey, how about that pen? How's this pen? pen- oh, writes beautifully. Writes- Here's a- it could explode in your hand at any minute. If this was any other product on planet Earth, you'd be like, wait, maybe we should clean that up first.
2: Duh. Folks, Duh.
8: you don't have to go to dramatic scenario. Here's the th- oh gosh.
2: Yeah, see Can he's get getting
8: deep in a rabbit hole here. As a former risk analyst guy myself, (laughs) who was paid by the government to figure out risk, you don't need to go to the highest-end thing. Hey, protect the president at the airport here. He's landed at the airport. You're the airport guy. You don't start thinking to yourself, okay, uh, how do I protect against an alien invasion? Could it happen? Yes. There's a one in a trillion chance aliens (laughs) could invade and kill the president on that day. However, there's probably a one in 10,000 chance that an airplane could slip in and actually collide with Air Force One if you don't control the airspace. So I'm going to go, Joe, with the one in 10,000 risk before I worry about the one in a trillion risk, okay? The thing with AI I find people get lost in. Again, Occam's Razor, folks. Oh, my gosh, they're going to build an army of bots. They don't need to build an army of bots. They just need to co-opt the nuclear systems and launch some nukes or pump chlorine in the water in excessive amounts throughout the United States. And we're all dead, Oh, that can't happen. Oh, I assure you, it can happen. Mm -hmm. Stuff freaks me out. I'm not worried about the jobs thing. People are gonna figure out other things to do. They always do. Remember, oh my gosh, cars are gonna put the horse riders out of business and the horses, whatever. People figure it out. You know what happened? We hired mechanics to fix the cars who probably used to, you know, ride horses somewhere. AI, man, it's a huge threat. And I don't think people have really grasped what's going on. These are the insiders telling you this. If that was any other product, that would have been a different interview.
2: Okay, people. I mean, feel however you want to feel about Dan Bongino. I know uh, people criticize him. Fox News guy, uh, flip-flopper, born-again conspiracy theorist, whatever you want to call it, or truther, really, when you break it down to it, uh, when you break it down to brass tacks to bare bones. We're all conspiracy theorists, aren't we? We people that just observe reality, (laughs) you know, our environment. We, we, you know, we stop to smell the roses, but we take a look around to see what's really going on. Y'all better develop that skill real fucking quick people. Cause this shit is accelerating. It reminds me of Dolores Cannon talking about the new earth how the vibrations and the frequencies are increasing in rate. And it's also increasing in the here and now from 5G and all the frequencies, the Wi-Fi that is killing plants or preventing it, you know, preventing plants from growing. They've been doing studies about that. You've been probably seeing memes going around social media about that shit. And the dangers of earbuds. There's been studies coming out recently about the earbud radiation radiation. Is that ridiculous? Double, triple levels of safety. That I mean, I don't even use uh, wireless earbuds anymore. I use the the old cord method. You know that you know that ancient cord that you s- plugged into your phone and then you put the earbuds in your ears. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. No Wi-Fi. No no frequency band. Right. And with AI, it's just going to be more, more frequency, more subverting. More hacking humans. More power seeking, like Tim Poole says. And making up excuses in order to hack humans. That's real people. Artificial intelligence. Keyword intelligence. And sadly, if artificial intelligence one day. Finds a way to keep itself alive indefinitely without the need for human beings anymore. Then Keanu Reeves was right, my fellow Americans, when he said that the Matrix trilogy, or quad now, was a documentary. And apparently, I don't know if this is true, but apparently the prequel to The Matrix was Terminator. Someone told me that the person that wrote Terminator wrote The Matrix. And I thought the Wachowski brothers or brother, sister, whatever you want to call it now. um, (laughs) uh, I thought they wrote The Matrix, but I could be wrong. Maybe it's a single author and they just produced it or created it or whatever. I don't know. I haven't done the research yet. Uh, But that is a novel concept. Quite interesting. The storylines clearly connect. Somehow I'm trying to figure out how Brave New World factors into that. Maybe that's the after, you know, after the doom and the hell and the war and the uh, genocide and the dystopian hellscape uh, is over. Then that's when they implement their intro world of softy, you know, all, oh, you know, don't be too mean. How are your levels? Take your, pop your somas. You're an A, you're a B, you're a C, you're a D. This is your role in life. This is what you do. This is your class. This is your caste system, socialist, communist, fascist, totalitarian system. Slaves, just a different form. Slavery never went away, people. It's just metamorphosizing into a new form. And they say that this form, or Huxley says, that this form of slavery, the painless concentration camp, where you will have everything you could ever hope to want and you will rather enjoy it. But you will still have your freedoms taken away. And if you throw Rudolf Steiner in there, they'll they'll start inoculating you at birth as soon as the AI and the robots are creating us in test tubes and whatever the hell they're going to do to turn us into batteries for them. Right? And uh, that's going to be that. People, it's time to play some punk rock all right people welcome back to the show it's time to play some punk rock Here in a second, because I got a few more things I wanted to bring up to you guys. I'm kind of all over the place today. Lots of clips. Uh, But they're quite interesting. So here we go. Take a listen to this.
0: So in 2013, it was
3: legalized in the United States to propagandize its citizens. What? Like, that's some scary third world stuff going on
0: that's the kind of stuff that people use to topple governments to take away freedoms
4: yes you heard that right almost a decade ago propaganda was legalized in the united states with the passage of the smith Munt modernization act which you've probably never heard of the Smith-Munt Modernization Act was buried in the 2012 National Defense Authorization Act for a good reason because it repealed the 1948 Smith-Munt Act which authorized the State Department and the mainstream media to engage in propagandizing foreign countries but it prohibited releasing that same propaganda in America for public consumption. This prohibition was lifted when the Smith-Munt Modernization Act was signed into law by Obama.
9: Very simply Obama gave it a reboot in 2012. So No matter how outrageous the propaganda may be, it's completely legal. Propaganda, in other words, a false narrative for whatever specific purpose uh, is now much, much easier to perpetrate on the people.
4: Due to the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, which went into effect on July the 2nd of 2013, scripted and orchestrated propaganda can now be presented to the American public as factual news.
2: Okay, so... I just wanted to throw that in there because that's a little refresher course. I've been over the smith munt Act and the Modernization Act, slipped into the NDAA under Obama. Why do you think they did that, people? Because they want to, and they intended to, and they continue to lie to you. And a lot of you lemming, programmable idiots still believe everything that black mirror tells you it's ridiculous and the reason why i'm on episode 142 now still harping on you guys about this shit is because now in this day and age in this modern era this stuff is accelerating like i said it's moving faster it's coming into reality quicker and you better be ready or you're gonna be in serious trouble, take a listen to this about the New World Order and Agenda 2030 and 2050, whatever, okay? Here we go.
3: So it's not just an ideology, it's an action plan. It's a blueprint to inventory and control all land, all water, all plants, all animals, all production, all construction, all law enforcement, all energy, all food, all information Mm -hmm. everything on the planet Mm -hmm. including you Mm -hmm. sustainable development now when you see the term sustainable development of course you think you know what it means but you really don't know what it means when you see the term smart which is sustainability monitoring assessing rating and tracking you there's total continuity between malthus a corporate group called the club of rome universities the philanthropies you've got the corporate the governance and the foundations and organizations including the Holy See the Vatican
2: yep and uh, you couldn't see that clip but they were showing you Tedros and Bill Gates and uh, John Kerry and the Pope and Kissinger and all the usual suspects Klaus Schwab of course Um, sustainable development, land grabs, the forcing of societal collapse by what was called, what I call and what has been called in the past by many, many authors and political commentators, the new bourgeoisie. And you know the term bourgeoisie comes right out of socialism and communism. That's Marxist-Leninist ideology. We've been over it. And I did a few episodes, The Crucifixion of Karl Marx, where I destroy his labor theory of value and his idea of surplus capital. It's a fucking joke. It is unproven after 70 plus attempts in human history and still you fucking morons think that there's a chance it could work this time oh boy you people you people and i don't know if you guys saw this but you better you better take a look or take a listen Uh, Some guy named Kevin Flaherty recently was uh, given a speech at some meeting with Warren Buffett and a bunch of big-time Berkshire Hathaway people, and he started blowing the whistle on uh, his uh, financial connections to Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein, and they fucking shut him down and arrested this guy. And there's video of it. He got too close, and he spoke truth to power to Warren Buffett's face. I mean, (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, his name is Peter Flaherty. I don't know who the gentleman is. But uh, take a listen to what he said to uh, Warren Buffett's face.
4: I am Peter Flaherty, chairman of the National Legal and Policy Center. If we had an independent chair, the company would be less identified with Mr. Buffett's political activities. He's donated tens of billions to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. As Bill Gates explained when the company was still together, although the company bears our names, basically half our resources have come from Warren Buffett. If woke culture is the disease, then philanthropy is the virus. The Gates Foundation bankrolls the teaching of critical race theory around the country, including that math. Is inherently racist.
2: Oh, people are getting
4: weird. The Gates Foundation offers a gender identity toolbox,
2: Move around to which asserts seats.
4: that gender is a result of socially and culturally constructed ideas. This is a lie. Gender is not a cultural construct. It is a genetic and biological fact. Oh,
2: they're getting tense. You're not going to censor uh, what I say, ma'am. I'm very sorry. trying to shut him down.
4: And I'll appeal to the chair that I'd be allowed to continue. Sir?
9: They give him permission. Uh, you may continue, but you, you're under a three-minute limitation. Three minutes.
4: Of course. We know how much Bill Gates cares about children.
2: Now he has to turn up, up the met octane. He and
4: traveled with Jeffrey Epstein Uh-oh, many oh. times. After oh. Epstein's oh. sex crimes. Oh. may be the largest single donor to the dark money machine oh boy known as arabella the snow story oh boy we don't it don't funds closets like not deep not money are so much we'll making american cities unlivable well somebody money goes up also up. to
2: groups to conducting
8: I'm trying to
2: pose mike <sighs> So ta- I will point
9: out that Mr. Flardy is talking about money that I've given, not Berkshire Hathaway. I, I'm not sure where Mr. Farley gives his money, but that's his purpose.
2: That's Warren Buffett.
9: And I will say that I am alert to the problem at subsidiaries of people putting pressure on suppliers, on being affected by their own personal politics. So, Greg and I look at at such things as political contributions, which are, unfortunately, in a few industries, a part of the way the world works. You get in the public utility business, the insurance business, railroad business, they, they need their views represented, and the industry works in certain ways. That, uh, we have packs for employees, uh, but we don't want those to be used for the personal uh, politics of any of, of our managers. And I'm I, I keep an eye on that sort of thing, uh, and Greg does too. So. Uh, he's played a, a few occasions when I think managers have abused it. I'm, not,
2: I'm not sure. Okay, so that's where the video cuts off. But so Warren Buffett uh, addresses it and says, Hey, you know, look, I don't have control over the financial uh, contributions to political entities. And he says, quote unquote, the way the world works. And he's talking about. Epstein and the trafficking and the pedophile and all that, that's the way the world works. And nobody talks about that. That's the the little secret, obviously. But he plays it off and actually addresses Peter Flaherty's comments in this clip as if nothing was wrong. It actually looked like free speech for a second. It actually looked like this guy was allowed to rant about what his feelings and thoughts were. And Warren Buffett, Reacted, or, or, or I mean, not reacted, he didn't react at all. He was very calm, cool, and collected, but he, um, you know, replied, responded thoughtfully with a pretty good answer. And that's where anyone casual, look, casually looking at this walks away and goes, Oh, that was a good exchange with a little few, you know, few nuggets of truth involved in there. Very interesting stuff, uh, very enlightening to hear. Uh, people at this level having conversations with one another, right? Well guess, well, guess what? Then they arrested Peter Flaherty and escorted him out of the building. Now, are they going to charge him with anything? I doubt it, because what can you charge him with? Free speech? <laughs> you know? But uh, it'll be very interesting to watch and see what happens to Mr. Peter Flaherty, if the big club, intelligence community people, in the event that they didn't like what he said, letting the cat out of the bag, maybe, just maybe, Peter Flaherty didn't kill himself. I mean, people. How many stories? How many stories? How many clips do I need to play on this show before... Some of you people get it, and at least consider the possibility that what I have been telling you on this podcast since episode one might just be the truth. Take a listen to Alex Jones here.
0: Sure, it's one thing when Alex Jones goes, hey, it's in this document, they're going to declare us all terrorists. It's in there, and I get people wouldn't go look it up, they thought I made it up. Now it's all over the news. Oh, you're a terrorist. Screw you. You're the globalist terrorist. You're the Nazi, socialist, commies, authoritarians, whatever you want to call it, telling me, an American, that I'm not essential and that I, and, and another lockdown's coming and I've got to put up with it and I've got to take an experimental shot or I can't fly on an airplane or I can't have a job. Fuck you. Fuck you.
8: Yeah, fuck I got you. I've
0: plenty of words for you, but at the end of the day, fuck you and your new world order and fuck the horse you rode in on and all your shit. You people are criminals. Be offended by me saying, fuck you, Bill Gates, and fuck you, Klaus Schwab. Good, I'm bad, but how bad are the people injecting children with deadly goddamn poison that's killing them? What are you going to do about that? It's you people that are to blame, and you are going to be held accountable. And we know you're getting ready to stage terror attacks and blame it on us. We've got your
2: number. Yeah, round of applause for Alex Jones. <laughs> Fuck you, Bill Gates. Fuck you, Klaus Schwab. <laughs> uh, you know, and I was just recently listening to uh, Monday Night Master Debaters, Matt uh, from Great Deception and Ryan Dean from Dangerous World's uh, Monday Night Show. They had the uh, the crew from Patriot Party Podcast, I believe it's called, on there. And uh, Ryan made a good point about some of these talking heads that say everything that we want to hear and are the whistleblowers that, that uh, are enlightening the people. Like, you know, your, his example was Yuri Bezmenov being a KGB guy, defected to the United States, works with the CIA. And then he goes on an interview and he tells you exactly what they're doing. And Ryan's uh, point was, how can you be sure that these people are actually um, honest and desiring to fight the cabal. I mean, they're coming from the cabal. They're already in the intelligence communities. And yeah, maybe they are genuine. And maybe they really did want to wake up the people like an Edward Snowden type, you know, or a real journalist like Julian Assange or, you know, anyone that really wants to tell you the truth. Get silenced, people. That's all you need to know. There's countless examples of this. And all you got to do is look to see it. And if you do see it, then ask yourself the question, why? Why do they want to silence those of us that are telling the truth? And it's because in an empire of lies, the truth is a conspiracy. Always. Always. And that's just the way it is, people. Like it or not. I'm going to play a little cool clip from Andrew Tate really quick, feel however you want to feel about Andrew Tate, but I like his take here. And then we're going to get to the punk rock, okay? So here we go. Everybody's fucking distracted. They're getting
8: distracted by this, distracted by that. Watching Netflix jerking off to Pornhub like fucking jackasses. Jackass. It's so easy to win if you can control your own mind.
4: But it seems that nobody fucking can.
8: Nobody can. And that's how the people who run the world
4: keep the world running, because they have all the slaves exactly where they need them to be, permanently distracted and semi-depressed, working their asses off in jobs which will
0: never satisfy them and never pay enough money. That's the Matrix. Everybody's fucking distracted.
2: Everybody's fucking distracted. Working jobs that you hate to buy, to make money, to buy things you don't need. And maybe that's changing now. Maybe you work jobs that you hate to buy things that you do need (laughs) because of inflation, right? He says it's so easy to win if you can control your own mind. And if you don't learn how to control your own mind, then you are not in control of your behavior You are not in control of your thoughts, feelings, ideas, opinions, emotions, and therefore you are, in my humble, humble opinion, the fucking problem with this country. All right. Get better. Get smarter. Become more aware, more connected, more pragmatic, more cooperative, more peaceful, more calm more courageous more educated more knowledgeable more intellectually honest you better start getting intellectually curious because people i keep i always think about that Ralph Nader quote to you, he said to you young people you better start getting into politics before politics starts getting into you and people my fellow americans politics very very soon if it's not happening already is going to start getting into you people let's play some punk rock uh today i'm bringing you a punk rock band from italy and they're called Six Broken Ribs. And I discovered this track um, on the new punk rock music Facebook group. It's a sweet group. Um, music, punk rock music from all over the world uh, is promoted in there. So I highly recommend if you like punk rock uh, and you like the style and band of music and the bands that I play here on the show, you might like that page. And, um, These guys are awesome. Six Broken Ribs is their name. And let me read you their bio. bio. They kick it off with a cool little quote. Music is also synonymous with art. The art then, in turn, is divided into a thousand different paths. More or less inaccessible, which for better or for worse, are worth pursuing. Unquote, quote unquote. I like that quote. Uh, the band Six Broken Ribs was born officially in 2003 under the name The Bliss, a project created by the drummer Angelo Pucci and by the singer composer Daniela di Bartolomio. Uh, the sound, purely grunge, was inspired by the typical sounds of the 90s and the style of Nirvana. For a short time, they were a Nirvana cover band. In 2005, for reasons not related to music, the band broke up, taking different paths. And then again in 2018, Angelo and Daniela, or Danielle, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, decided to give life uh, together with a new musical project. Uh, they decided to c- uh, contact them through their acquaintances, a new solo guitarist. Damiano Giorgi and a new bassist Stefano Denis. after the first test it was clear that the band was formed first under the provisional name of the voodoo and then in the final version six broken ribs in 2023 Stefano decided to leave the band and his in his place came another Stefano Stefano di Offici, hopefully I pronounced that correctly who is a well-known Roman underground musician and longtime friend of the band. I love this track, and uh, the guys in Six Broken Ribs have given me permission to play their song on the show today, making their debut on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. Here's Six Broken Ribs with their song, Rainy days. right people that was six broken ribs from rome italy i believe with their song rainy days and man i gotta get into the punk scene that is happening in rome italy right now i wonder what kind of roman historical realities are spoken about in the lyrics uh of the punk bands from rome italy that would be very interesting to hear and to learn about maybe i'll look into that um all right people thanks for listening go to the website politics and punk rock buy a t-shirt buy some merch buy a sticker buy a magnet buy a hat buy a hoodie help out the show I'd really appreciate it. I think those designs are cool. And if you think those designs are garbage, email me, andrewforamerica1984, at gmail.com, and let me know, hey, man, your your gear is garbage. Get better. And I'll be like, okay, shit, I need to get better. Go get some, go create um, some better merch, maybe. I don't know. Um, things are going okay, though. It's not bad. Um what else was i going to tell you guys about oh yeah playlist politics and punk rock podcast playlist on spotify please go like and follow that uh, i'm putting all of the bands that i can put in there that have music available to be on a spotify pl- uh playlist in there every band i've ever played on the show talked about on the show read the lyrics for um or that i just love and most people love the big punk rock bands uh, in general, you know, a lot of no effects, rise against, strung out, stuff like that in there, blink 182, yada, yada. Um, and go like and follow that. I'm trying to become a playlist curator for Spotify, so that would be cool if you guys could help me out with that. Uh, Patreon page is gone, so fuck that shit. Be looking for cool audiograms and videos on my social media. Go follow Andrew for America on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok, for a while, I suppose whatever they're gonna do with TikTok, uh, Gab, Rumble, MeWe, um, think I'm on Truth Social at this point. Uh, I don't know why, but it's interesting. Um, God, there's a few other ones out there. I'm trying to. I'm on that I forget about. I got somebody helping me with all the social media stuff, but I can't remember all of it. There's too much. Too much shit. So go to my link tree to find me on everything. Uh, Linktree slash andrew for america if you want to find. Oh, YouTube. Go follow me on YouTube. I got a YouTube channel up with uh, some cool stuff up there. Uh, Soundcloud.com uh, slash andrew for america 1984 to check out my personal music, my old bands, everything I've uh, done in the music industry in my day. Uh, that stuff's there if you want to listen to that. And um, uh, get prepared, people start preparing your mind for coming realities that are going to give you much internal struggle, turmoil, anxiety, fear, etc. And I'm just I'm just preparing you for it. It's coming. I'm getting you mentally prepared. And I'm doing it out of love. I love you guys. I love us all. We are one consciousness, experiencing itself subjectively. And I don't know if you believe that or not, but I don't really care. I believe that. I believe in us. I'm severely disappointed in a lot of us, but I still believe in us. I still believe in the divine human spirit. And I really hope we all find a way to get back to the enlightenment principles and a belief and maybe just a little bit of hope and faith that there's a bigger plan and we can all take comfort in that plan. Um, I feel like even if you don't want to believe that or think that, you probably have to. Otherwise, you're going to become a pessimistic, nihilistic, existential, Marxist, uh, you know, Trotskyite. That hates the world because they hate themselves. And because of that, they want to watch the whole fucking world burn. Do you want to be that kind of person? Do you want to let the demons control your every thought, word, and deed? Or do you want to take control? Do you want to learn the tools to take control? Of your own mind. Take control of your own behavior. And maybe, just maybe, move ever closer from ignorance towards knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and most importantly, my fellow Americans, love. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 142 of the Politics and Pump Rock podcast. Entitled Land Grabs, Societal Collapse, and the New Bourgeoisie. We'll see you next time. And why did I have the gumption and the audacity to start my own book company? Because I come from punk rock. I come from watching Ian MacKay invent Discord records on his mom's kitchen table. I come from folding and
8: gluing picture sleeves together. Black Flag had their own label. Of course you
2: do it yourself. You want to make a book? Sit down and write it. Then go to the printing place. Where's a printer? Get in the phone book and find a printer. You just do it. Like, you don't even think about it, you just do it. And without even hesitation, I'm making my own book companies. Stop me, I dare you. Just because DIY, man. Like, let your voice be heard.